0: Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com.
1: Now that is an excellent guitar riff. Seventh inning, 2-2 Astros and Blue Jays basketball game. Heat Nuggets, the recipe series. I guess that's not a recipe, Heat Nuggets. The, the simple supper series. That's what they should call it. Heat Nuggets starts right away. Game three. Series is tied 1-1. Hockey tomorrow on this station in this time slot. So I will not be on. It is uh, game three, Florida and Vegas with the Golden Knights up 2-0 in that best best of seven. The Elks have their fan day on Saturday. It's free for everybody. You can uh, watch them practice, get autographs, enter to win prizes, enjoy family activities. Field level at Commonwealth Stadium. Free parking at all Commonwealth Stadium lots. It's this Saturday, June 10th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And there will be a special live Elks broadcast Saturday 11 to noon with Morley Scott and Dave Campbell. For more, goelks.com slash fanday. Is that a forward slash or a backslash, Kellen? Backslash. That's a how do you tell? Well, the, the leans to the back. It's a backslash. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah. it's like the feet are closest to the previous letter. That's right. Okay. Anyway, goelks.com slash Fanday. And then the game broadcast is Sunday, 3.30 for the countdown to kick off Game at 5. The season starts tomorrow, by the way. BC's playing Calgary. So uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. It's Woo-hoo. fun. I can also tell you this. Darnell Nurse of the Edmonton Oilers is a finalist for the King Clancy trophy this is presented to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribution in his community the other finalist uh, finalists: Anders Lee from the Islanders and uh, Calgary Flames center Michael Backlund. So nice uh, award uh, or nice honor there for Nurse to be in the finalist uh, to be a finalist there. He is an ambassador for Free Play for Kids. He's an ambassador for Right to Play. He uh, created a scholarship in 2021, and uh, yeah, that's pretty cool what he does with Free Play for Kids. I did an interview with uh, him about that during the season. So uh, good for Daniel Nurse. He is a finalist for the King Clancy Trophy. Okay. He joins us every week on Inside Sports throughout the hockey season, presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster. It is Kelly Rudy checking in. Kelly,
0: how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Reed. I'm uh, here in South Florida. I'm uh, on the Strand in a place called Hollywood Beach. I've never stayed in this area before, and we'll just commute to the games uh, from sunrise to here and uh, back and forth. So kind of a nice little break from the the regular hockey grind.
1: All right. Hollywood Beach. I'm doing a uh, Google map of that right now. So... Okay, so when I was there for the year McDavid got drafted, I stayed in Fort Lauderdale, so you're a little south of that, but still.
0: Yes, exactly, yes. Yeah,
1: A nice spot. Now, has anybody thrown any plastic rats at you?
0: <laughs> no, they have not. Uh, uh, that was interesting again last night, or uh, two nights ago, wasn't it? So uh, Matthew, of course, uh, maybe crossed the line a little bit with the you know, getting another misconduct, but uh, we will hopefully we won't have any rat plastic rat problems uh, in sunrise for games uh, three and four. Right.
1: Okay. Well, the, the fans want to throw them after the game, of course, uh, to celebrate a Panthers victory. You mentioned the misconducts to Kachuk. There were a few guys who got the old. Uh, Ten minutes uh, as that game progressed. What, what, what do you and you would have obviously played in games that were out of hand and whether what, what you want to call it message sending or working out frustration. Um, is it on the players to handle themselves better? Is is it on the refs to to do what they did and just get guys out of there, even if it's just yapping and nothing overly physical or dangerous? Uh, physical or dangerous? How do you look at that?
0: Yeah, well, it's a combination. First of all, uh, I have no problem when you're sending a message when you're getting uh, badly beaten in, at the end of a game. but You don't see it very often anymore in today's NHL, and that's okay. Uh, things change. But in my time, I would have to tell you, in fact, my time playing for L.A., I thought the Oilers were the very best at that. I mean, if, if it was a, a, a route and we had the upper hand on them, we knew in the final 10 minutes it was going to be the ugliest finish to a game and so and and i do admire that um in today's world it's a lot different i would actually go to in a different direction with florida i thought that they probably took about five undisciplined penalties of all the penalties they took yesterday i think i'll get them in correct order first of all there's lomberg then montour then white then verhage then with Matthew Kachuk at the very end. So I think those displays of uh, uncharacteristic lack of discipline were the, the, that was their undoing in that game. I don't think they were quite ready to play. They, they thought they had to sort of, you know, physically demand or be better physically than uh, Vegas. And you know, you can do that, but you can't take silly penalties either.
1: Well, and, and look, the the first game was actually pretty close. The the score yeah, maybe doesn't yeah. look that close in the end, but it was kind of a third period win with an empty netter. Uh, it, yeah. it was it, it was pretty convincing the other night. I, I know a lot of people have said to me, "Oh, it's over. Is it going to be a sweep? How many does Florida get?" I, I guess we're still going to find out. I I just hesitate in this day and age and with the comebacks we've seen and how close the games are. I I hesitate and I guess maybe I'm being stubborn because I picked Florida to win the series. But <laughs> but I I just I just hesitate to say it's it's over at two nothing even if there's been a 7-2 game.
0: Yeah, oh, 100%. I I was in fact talking to my wife today and we were having that very conversation about when do you think that uh, I might be heading home or I was sort of Uh, having that conversation with her well there's a slight chance I'm coming home Sunday but I don't see that at all I'm I'm expecting probably a six uh, game series it could go longer but I I think that it'll most likely go six Florida's just too good and you know the adversity that they went through all season long I just don't see them collapsing because they had uh, a bad game two in Vegas I just don't see that being the case
1: uh, I mean, I, w- I would think we talk goaltending a lot with the orders, but I mean, is going to be back in there given his pedigree and how he's played.
0: 100% and Maurice already said that today yeah. and I expect he'll be better. I'm going to point out in tomorrow's pregame show that uh, the problem for me with uh, Bobrovsky in game two is that he, he looked, that was the first time in the playoffs he looked tired to me even though there had been uh, a long break for them and then just one day in between but I just didn't think he had the energy. It looked like a, a really hard game physically for for him and I'm going to show the second and third goals that he gave up in the second game as proof of that how i thought he just wasn't moving as uh, uh, powerfully and as swiftly as he normally would so is that
1: and you play the position of course so is that when you say a goalie looks tired does it just kind of come down to the swiftness of his movement for, for lack of a better
0: term that that's one thing or sometimes getting stuck deep in his net and if you remember to the the third goal uh last game uh walk came out of the corner and kevin Bieksa broke down that play nicely about the some of the other mistakes but for me bobrovsky was just caught really deep and that's uh, something we haven't seen uh very much of if any uh during the playoffs from him because he's really his crisp crease movements are so crisp normally but i understand that feeling and uh the one that game that always comes back to me reed was uh Game two in Maple Leaf Gardens, again, back in 93 when we went to the finals uh, versus Toronto, and I, I got peppered with, I think, 50 shots in game one. We had a day off. Game two, we were only about 30 minutes into it, and I started to get the cold sweats, and I felt... Horrible! I just couldn't move. I, I was lethargic. You know, somehow we won three to two. I remember the shot Wendell Clark had with about seven minutes left in the third period. We had, we had, we nursing a, a three-two lead at that point, and Wendell whistled one just inches wide uh, past my blocker, and I barely moved. And and I was thinking, I wonder if people out there know that I'm struggling this badly. My teammates and coaches, of course, didn't know. Or they think that man, am I ever dialed in? I barely even moved to a shot that just <laughs> missed by inches, and I and I, I was hoping it was the latter that uh, you know they're thinking. Oh my, Kelly's real really dialed in. Didn't even budge on that shot, but it hits everybody at a different time, right? You you know you you think you feel great, and you should feel great and you have enough rest and all of a sudden for whatever reason the you know the fatigue just hits you and it hits everybody in different ways
1: it's funny you say that though because i watch a lot of hockey obviously every other's game and a bunch of other games and now in the playoffs and sometimes i wonder that when a goalie doesn't move when it's going wide sometimes i will think to myself okay was he that confident? Did he not see it, or, or you know, was he yeah. just that slow to react? It is, it is interesting that you, that you admit that that you just, you just didn't, couldn't move on it.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, and it was a huge win for us, right? Like we won and we tied the series up one one, uh, and then we went back home and split, and we ultimately won in game seven. But I just, I sometimes I wonder when I think back in that series, had we were we able to come back had we fallen to nothing in that series because toronto is a great team and i don't know what that answer is i just know that i got let off the hook somehow and my teammates bailed me out i didn't have many shots that night i want to say 25 ish or so but uh yeah i just remember that feeling in the second period and wondering what i can do in the intermission if i can have i don't even, i guess we had energy bars back then but uh, they were just new to the team and sports and stuff so i was really struggling mightily
1: did you ever tell anybody after the fact or after the game how no. you felt no no
0: i i only shared that story in my book which came out yeah. about six years ago now and i i just never really felt the urge to tell anybody um because you know it it's not it's not a sign of weakness or anything it's just i i was just completely gassed and i have no idea why i was gassed either i mean uh that only happened to me where i was completely out of gas maybe 10 times in my entire career and i played jeepers uh, close to 800 games including playoffs so it doesn't happen very often but I, it happened to me at the worst possible time
1: yeah kelly Rudy really joining us tonight On Inside Sports, of course, we uh, have Game 3 between the Panthers and the Golden Knights in this time slot tomorrow, and then Game 4 at 6 o'clock on Saturday. And, of course, uh, Kelly's on the uh, Rogers TV broadcast. So now that, uh, you know, to bring this back to the Oilers, and, of course, uh, hey, we're still talking to And It's funny, Kelly, I still have buddies and colleagues, and I'll say, well, how are you doing? You know, it's almost... (laughs) Coming up yeah. on a month now, but um now that you've seen the teams, you know, you know, you saw the the conference final. You see these two teams in the final. You sort of reflect on Edmonton's elimination. Is there something that these teams are doing that the Oilers, you know, just couldn't do? Uh, a weakness that, that that didn't allow the Oilers to progress, or how do you sort of reflect on that with a little more time now?
0: I'm going to say what usually. Uh, happens after or during the finals, or after when I'm, you know, sort of re-examining what I've just witnessed and been a part of. What usually happens to me: the two teams in the finals usually have the best depth. And I'll give you a couple examples. I'll give you three examples, in fact. During the Toronto series versus uh, Florida, I thought uh, Florida's third line was absolutely outstanding. Like they, they set the pace for the Panthers. They did everything right. Now that uh, Lusterainen is out of the lineup now Lomberg has done a nice job on that line uh, he's a real physical player but they desperately miss uh, Um and then when I look at uh vegas i think okay well who's really impactful of course their stars are marsh so i mean it was 12 and last 12 games and that's easy to see but then when you look at their fourth line uh with Wa, carrier and colasar they are unbelievable like they are dominating every time they get out there and point uh in fact When you go back to game six versus dallas uh with everything on the line and all the pressure and oh boy are they going to collapse who did they start they started the fourth line and the fourth line had i think three incredible shifts in the first six minutes including a goal and they dominated the entire game and so that fourth line was so special they continue to start the most games and most periods and then lastly when you want to look at depth i think at the third pairing for vegas i mean you have nick haig and uh, White Cloud. And and those two are just tremendous together. And uh, I don't know if you saw our broad- broadcast last game, but I compared, when I watched Vegas this year, I think I did them live three or four times, including twice in the last uh, month and a half. And I was trying to make a comparison. Who does Nick Haig remind me of? And I thought, oh boy, you know who? Matthias Ekholm, when I first saw him in Nashville. And, and that, that was sort of the impact that... Ekholm had when I first saw him. And of course, you know, as the Oilers, uh, just an incredible player for you guys. But that's what I think Nick Haig is going to be. He's he's really developing nicely. He's mean to play against. He has a lot of the same qualities as Ekholm. And then I look at White Cloud and, you know, here's an undrafted guy that has just burst onto the scene and he's just so, so good. And together, you look at all that, the packages that I've just talked about. That's why they're in the final.
1: Uh, so okay so do you think the orders are lacking that depth or it just didn't come through yes. at the right time yeah you think well, there's still a couple players away I,
0: you know I think some of the some of it is that some of those players their level of play could have risen yeah uh, but also I just think more so it was just the lack of depth and that happens you know I, I think of the Colorado Avalanche the year before when they won the cup and I think of how well uh Helm played and cogliano and and you know the the guys that you don't think of, we think of McKinnon and uh, Rantanen and Landis Cog, but it, you, when you look at how they really won, not like I was blown away by Helm and uh, Cognano and those guys because they were big contributors to it.
1: Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll let you get back to the beach lifestyle here. Uh, we will you got have, it. Uh, we will have one more appearance from you next week. I guess the date is, is TBA. <laughs> 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 it yes. on, on, depends on the it. series, but of course we'll be in touch. Hey, really
0: appreciate it, man. You got it right now. By the way, this is South Florida, so guess what's happening since I've come out onto the beach? It's raining, right? So that happens every afternoon, it seems. So that's what you have to put up with here.
1: Okay. Uh, cool, Kelly. Thanks for checking in. Kelly Rudy. provided by Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian. Pardon me. Uh, Sentinel Storage, Shop Canadian, Store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. I'm Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins
0: on 630 Chad.
1: Okay, appreciate you tuning in tonight. We get... 630 Chad, the play-by-play home of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Elks, who, have, as you know, have that home opener coming up on Sunday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. a double-E legend Trent Brown from James H. Brown & Associates, who are the title sponsor of this show. Trent was on with me last night, And uh, he spilled the beans about a couple of special guests at the game on Sunday.
0: Come by the patio suite. You definitely want to come by. I'm going to say it real quick, but
1: Kaner's going to be there with Cecily. So come on. Oh, that's who it is. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay,
0: Okay. perfect. I spilled the beans on your show. I wasn't supposed to, but I love you. I love the show. Keep up all the good work. Thanks, Reed, for everything that you do.
1: Okay. So, yeah, Evander Kane and uh, Cecily Eklund, she's the young Oilers fan who uh, was picked on when attending a playoff game in Los Angeles by some Kings fans. Very, Very, very small number of Kings fans. But they weren't very nice to her, so they're going to be at the Elks game. So that is pretty cool. So uh, that's something to uh, to remember when you're going to the game. Uh, Chris Jones, the the uh, head coach and GM of the club. There's obviously a lot of talk amongst the. The fans and on this show that the Elks should be better and i've said this several times this is the worst kind of extended run since the early 60s and in just terms terms of how bad they are how, how far out of the race they were the last couple of years i've used that sat since the midway point of 2019 and they did make the playoffs in 2019 and even win a playoff game but in their last 41 regular season games the uh, elks are nine and 32 so not good at all um If you're optimistic, you might think they might be able to win nine games just this season. Uh, I certainly think they're going to be much more competitive and in a wide open West division might be able to hang into the race. Uh, That's maybe what the uh, expectations and hopes are for a lot of the fans after those two miserable years. But Chris Jones says, look, the bar is the Grey Cup. We don't have a great cup in our mind. I mean, we're in the wrong business. We need to go home now. Again, I learned from Don Matthews a long time ago, anything short of great cup championships is a disappointment. Don't matter who y'all. So, uh, don't matter what you did last year, you, you that's your goal. You play to win championships, and that's what we intend to try to do. All right. Well, yeah, play to win championships. Uh, Chris Jones, of course, in his second tenure as the uh, head coach of the Edmonton Elks. Now, you may remember he took over in 2014, and the team was coming off... A four and fourteen season, and they went twelve and six, and they made the West final, lost to Calgary, and then in 2015, uh, to me, a team that is right up there with a, one of the all-time great teams in franchise history. Uh, Mike Riley gets hurt in the first game; they lose to Toronto and Fort McMurray. They're six and four. And Riley comes back, and they win their final 10 games. Eight regular season, two in the playoff. 14-4 and regular season, uh, beat Calgary in the West Final at Commonwealth Stadium, won the Grey Cup over Ottawa. So Jones has done the quick turnaround thing before. Now, now the team didn't look much better last year, um, but... There, there is some hope that they're going to be much more competitive this season. And really, what is happening in other markets? I don't know. <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing. Um, BC lost their star quarterback. That's a big loss. Uh, you know, Calgary has traded away Bo Levi Mitchell. They're going with Jake Mayer, who, who obviously has played before. We'll see what they're like. If Saskatchewan didn't vastly improve that offensive line, then Trevor Harris is going to be running for his life for the next 18 games. Uh, and Winnipeg should still be good, though someone did kind of whisper to me today. said, you know, Reed. Winnipeg is getting a little bit long in the tooth. Eventually, uh, they're going to run out. They're going to run out of gas here. I don't know if that happens this year, but but someone did suggest that to me. So uh, anyway, I think more optimism about the Elks. Uh, Looking like it should be a pretty good crowd on Sunday as well.